0: Morning. I uh, hope you're um, enjoying our wander through John's Gospel as we look at all these fascinating and challenging things that Jesus says about Himself. Um, I was at Gaula last week, um, preaching at the church up there, but um, had the privilege of catching up on Josh's me- Josh's. Gosh, get my words right this morning. Josh's message online. There's so many ways to uh, connect. You know, we've got here in the room, we've got those people on Zoom, you can listen to the message later. Um, And I loved what Josh said last week that we've been wandering our way through John's Gospel and Jesus says all these things about himself and um, these I am statements kind of start very metaphorical. He talks about him being the bread and the light uh, and the gate and the shepherd and these kind of images that we have and Josh wondered last week whether Jesus gets to a point where he's like people just aren't getting it, (laughs) they're just not, I think he said not picking up what I'm laying down (laughs) Um, and Jesus starts to become a little bit more Um, blunt I guess and less metaphorical where he just says I am the resurrection I am the life and today we come to this statement of Jesus it's probably one of his most famous claims where he says I am the way the truth and the life and I'm not really sure whether those are metaphors or not in one sense they are because all language about God is metaphorical Um, but they're actually really deep and profound truths and they're at the heart of the claims of the Christian faith of the claims of the New Testament. They're quite confronting, they're quite uh, radical, um, and in our cultural context, they can be quite offensive. I wanted to start this morning by sharing a video clip with you, and I have to apologise to those on Zoom, we tried really, really hard to to share this directly with you, but you're gonna have to bear with us and just watch what you can see on the screen and hopefully hear what we can hear in the room. Um, But it's from a programme on the ABC called Tomorrow Tonight. And have anyone seen it, uh, hosted by Annabelle Crabb, and this is an episode from a couple of months ago, and they had a panel of people looking at the topic of belief, talking essentially about religious belief on Australian TV, on the you know national broadcaster. And there's a couple of things about it that I found quite fascinating. One was who they chose to have on the panel. So there were four guests on the panel. One was an atheist, one was a Muslim, one was a Jew, and one was a person who has an Aboriginal spirituality. So there were no Christians on the panel. Uh, interestingly, two of the people had Christian backgrounds; their parents had grown up in the Christian church. Um, so it was kind of an interesting, you know, choice to talk about by faith and belief. But then at the end of the show, and this is the clip I'm going to show you, I want to set up for you. Annabelle comes out, and it looks a bit of a light entertainment program, and they make a joke about that. You know, how do you talk about such a serious topic on like a light entertainment program? But at the end of it, Annabelle conducts this thought experiment where she basically asked them to imagine if they could prove uh, that God was real. But I found it fascinating, and I think maybe she couldn't have done this if there'd been a Christian on the panel. She actually chooses Jesus specifically. And she says, imagine if there was proof that Jesus was who he says he was. What would that mean? Would you want to know? And what would you do about it? So let's watch the clip. Thank you. Ooh, there's a lot to unpack and a lot to argue with and a lot to discuss out of that clip. I, I find it a fascinating insight into the kind of thinking um, that is pretty common in our world. And there were two things I wanted to point out in particular. One was this kind of common thread that a number of the people in the panel keep coming back to, which is basically, but all religions are the same. Like, it actually doesn't really matter, it, you know, we all kind of have different views on things, but in the end, we're all believing in the same thing. Uh, and like Adam Lior said, you know, if, if Jesus is, you know, who he said he was, then all the other religions would just start redrafting and we'd just accommodate that within and that we'd all just kind of get together in the end. And then I found it fascinating that you had the Muslim on the panel, Waleed Ali, saying that that can't be how it works. This is an absolutely exclusive claim and if Jesus is who he says he is, then I have no choice but to become a Christian. That's a really fascinating position for him to take. And so these two kind of truths... uh, Truths, I mean, not the right word to use, what we're going to get into today. But these two kind of ways of thinking that are out there in our culture, essentially, A, that all religions lead to God, so it doesn't really matter what you believe and we'll kind of all figure it out in the end. Or is the claim of Jesus so utterly exclusive that it's either true or it's not true? And either it's true and everything else is not true or it's not true and you're wasting your time believing it. As I said, I found that a fascinating conversation about belief and religion, demonstrating this common perception, but also a, a, some grain of understanding that the claims of Jesus are bold, controversial, offensive, and absolutely exclusive. So Jesus comes along and he says, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. And into that cultural context, that is a startling, exclusive, absolute, controversial, radical claim. And we exist as a church (laughs) because we're a group of people who say we believe that. In fact, we've just sung that this morning, haven't we? I believe you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. That is a claim about reality, it's a claim about truth and how we understand reality to be. It's a claim about life and experience, and it's a claim of trust. It's a claim of I choose to walk in this. And so I want to um, look at this statement that Jesus makes, I am the way, the truth and the life, and kind of unpack how each of those might be speaking to us and what it means for us to reaffirm, to sing as we just did with conviction and with declaration in our context, we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. The, the kind of... Um, common perception that is displayed in that video clip, this idea that all religions lead to God, all paths lead to God. Um, There's a a kind of common analogy. I don't know if anyone's ever heard the story of the man and the elephant. It's this really common analogy of kind of explaining this idea that actually we're all just talking about the same thing and all religions lead to God. Let me read it to you. There's a story that goes, Once upon a time, an Indian king gathered together a group of men who had all been born blind and an elephant. So a bunch of blind men and an elephant. None of these men had ever seen an elephant before, which is quite obvious because they were all born blind. But none of these men had ever come across an elephant at all before. They had no idea what an elephant was. And the king asked them to gather around the elephant to discover what it was and to scribe it to him. So the first man stands at the front of the elephant and grasps the trunk. And he says, an elephant is like a snake. The second man put his hands up to the side of the elephant and he said, an elephant is like a wall. The third man stood at the back and grabbed hold of the tail and he said, an elephant is like a brush. And the fourth man explored one of the elephant's legs and said, an elephant is like a tree. And the four men began to argue amongst themselves, each thinking he was the only one who was right and that all the others were wrong. So who was right? Well, each one in his blindness was describing an elephant, but they each had a different perspective on the same thing. They were all describing the same thing, just from different angles. And so it's the same, the story tells us, with the religions. Buddhism, Islam, Mormonism, Hinduism, Judaism, even Christianity, they're all just trying to describe the same thing from different perspectives and different angles. We're all limited in understanding, but in the end we're all talking about the same thing. And this story, this analogy of the blind man and the elephant is actually a pretty common way, and it's kind of what they were touching on in that clip, of explaining what apparently is quite obvious to many people. All religions lead to God, they're all just the same thing. Now, I want to look at that just a little bit logically <laughs> to start with. The reality is that all the men are not equally correct. They're actually all equally wrong, right? An elephant is not a snake. An elephant is not a tree. An elephant is not a brush. An elephant is not a wall. An elephant is. An elephant. So if the analogy were to be used to say, well, all religions are equally wrong, <laughs> then maybe it would work. But the idea that they are all describing the same thing when none of them are actually describing it accurately is a bit of a logical flaw with the analogy. But there's a second bigger problem. The analogy actually assumes the very thing it's trying to prove it assumes that each of the men is actually touching the elephant, right? They're all actually touching the elephant and when they're describing it, what they're describing is an elephant. But the point that the analogy is trying to prove is that all religions lead to God and it's assuming that they're actually touching God in the first place. Do you see the logical flaw? This is like such a common way of thinking and yet if you try and unpack it, it doesn't really hold up. If... um, as an argument, so sorry, say, if, if it was true that all religions lead to God, the blind men and the elephant story would be a great illustration of that truth. But as an argument attempting to prove that all religions lead to God, it makes the classical logical mistake of assuming the very point that it is trying to prove. Finally, and most importantly, the analogy of the blind men and the elephant assumes that we're all in the dark and we're all grasping about trying to make sense in our own minds about God. Whatever fifth man went into the story, one who wasn't born blind, who could actually see, and who was able to demonstrate his credentials to them of having sight and being able to actually see the elephant that they were all trying to describe, and he would have described the elephant as an elephant. That would change the whole story. That, to me, is one way of trying to explain the controversial, confronting, and radical claims of Jesus Christ. He doesn't claim to be a man who has some truth, some ideas about what the truth about God might be. He claims to actually be the truth. He claims to have come from God, to know God personally, and so to be telling the absolute truth of what God is like. So we can choose to consider what Jesus has to say, and we can reject it. Lots of people do that. Say, I don't actually believe that you've come from God. I don't believe the credentials that you're giving in who you say you are. But what you can't do, I think, is put Jesus' thoughts about God into the same boxes or a whole bunch of other people's thoughts about God and say that they are all right. Either Jesus is the only way to God or he's no way at all. Those are our only two choices. What do we do with what Jesus has to say? All of the I am statements that Jesus makes that we've been looking at in this series are radical claims. They are all claims to be more than a human being to offer something that only God himself can give. They all, in the phrasing of it, as we looked at quite a few weeks ago now, make the claim that Jesus himself is God come to us so that we don't have to grasp around in the dark and try and find our way to him, but that he has actually chosen to reveal himself to us. So here Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. There's actually kind of three different words that make similar claims, but I think you can look at from different angles, funnily enough. I've rejected the elephant analogy that you can look at things from different angles in terms of uh, all describing, uh, all paths describing the same thing. But I do think Jesus is able in and of himself to give us different ways at looking at how he or who he is and what he's talking about. Jesus first of all says, I am the way. The word hodos or the word path is really commonly drawing on this Old Testament idea of pilgrimage, of walking, of the journey with God. In fact, it's really common in the wisdom literature of the Old Testament to know the path, to know which way to walk, is one of the ancient people's great desires in life, that we might know which path we should be walking. I don't think it's a a desire that's gone away. Most of us like the idea that we might have direction, that we might know where we're going, that we might have meaning and purpose in our life. But Jesus doesn't say, I can show you the way. Walk with me and I'll help you find the right path. He actually claims to be the path himself. Not that he walks with us or shows us the way, but that he himself is the way. Secondly, Jesus claims to be the truth. The Greek word is aletheia. I have a friend called aletheia, named after this word. I don't know if you've ever come across any Aletheias, But this is an objective claim about reality. It says that something is, that it is real, that it exists, that it is true. And it's a a statement or a claim that can be tested, that can be put up against falsehood and weighed to see whether it does objectively meet truth. But it's not this idea that you can see it your way and I can see it my way. It's actually a claim to know above, to sit above and to be able to look down, if you like, and to say this is what actually is. It's the person who says, I can see the elephant and it is an elephant and I know that it is an elephant and that is an objective fact, whatever you think, whatever your perspective on on it might be. But again, Jesus doesn't say, I can show you the truth. I am the person who can see reality for the way that it really is. He actually says, I am the truth. I myself am the objective reality against which all other things are measured. And thirdly, Jesus says, I am the life. And Josh unpacked this last week when Jesus claimed to be the resurrection and the life. So I won't go over it in uh, too much detail. Uh, The Greek word here is actually another uh, common female name, the word Zoe. You might know people called Zoe. It just simply means life, this kind of life, Jesus says. This is the uh, experience or the result of knowing him. um, This kind of, not that he invites us into life, but that he himself is our life. So Jesus is making not just kind of exclusive claims, claims that say, if this is true, everything else is not true. He's also making deeply profound spiritual claims that he in and of himself is the answer, the basis, the grounding of all reality and of all truth. And I think this is what makes Jesus utterly unique. And when you try and think about this logically and you try and unpack the arguments and the claims that other faiths make, it's hard to compare because Jesus, although he is a teacher He doesn't offer us his teaching. Although he is a prophet, he doesn't first and foremost offer us his prophecy. Even though, although he is sent from God, he doesn't first and foremost offer us a way to God. He says, I myself am God. The person that you meet and encounter and get to know, I am God, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I was thinking about those three things um, this week and... I don't know if this is just one of those things that works in my brain and maybe, you know, doesn't (laughs) fit so easily for others. But I was thinking about the different ways over the years that people have kind of wrestled with these big questions and these big claims. Uh, And this idea of Jesus being the way seems to go really right back to the ancient ways of thinking. Where people in, certainly in um, Old Testament times and in a lot of uh, that kind of era, were not so much interested in objective, rational claims about reality. But they were really interested in this idea of the path, of knowing which way to go. And so Jesus speaks to people who are most interested in knowing about the how. How do I get there? What's the the method? What's the way? And he says, I am the way. But he also says, I am the truth. And this idea of claims about truth is very much modernism right? For the last couple of hundred years, the main way of thinking about religion and claims to belief has been about objective, rational, logical understanding. And for people who want to kind of grapple with that and say, well, what actually is? What's what's the grounding of reality? What's the understanding? What makes sense? What is objectively true? Jesus says, I am the truth. And then, of course, Jesus says, I am the life. And I think maybe that connects to where we find ourselves today. I think we are in the, sometimes a bit of a crossover. Interestingly, that, that clip I showed you probably sat more in the modern space than the postmodern, and they were arguing more about reality. But the postmodern uh, kind of desire is experience. Right? Is actually, I just, I don't, don't tell me what, what is and isn't, and don't get me thinking about rationalism and logic. Tell me what actually works for me. What is my actual experience and encounter? And Jesus says, if that's your way of thinking, I am the life. Now, as I said, I don't know if Jesus was consciously going, right, I'm going to speak to the ancient people and I'm going to speak to the modernists and I'm going to speak to the postmodernists. Maybe he's God after all. He could have known all that. But it's fascinating to me that we've got these kind of different ways of kind of wrestling with these kind of questions and Jesus speaks to all of them. Jesus offers a claim that no matter... Which way you approach it, no matter which perspective you come from, Jesus says there is only one answer, and that's me. What do we do with that? What does it mean for us to stand here today and sing a song that says, I believe you are the way. I believe you are the truth, and I believe you are the life. If we are rational modernists who like logic Uh, then we kind of go with this debate that those guys were having on that TV show and the questions like the elephant analogy and we weigh up the claims of reality and truth that Jesus makes versus the claims of other truth and reality that are made around us and we make a decision that this is what I understand intellectually and commit to be true. And there's a whole bunch of uh, work that you can do on that kind of go down the path of what we call apologetics where we say there is actually good foundations, reasons for believing that what Jesus claims is objectively true. Uh, People like C.S. Lewis and Frank Morrison and... um, Josh McDowell, you know, have written books that try and help us wrestle through and say this is, this is an you know, important way of thinking and a good way of understanding. So we can, with our minds, intellectually assent and say, yes, I have decided that that makes the most sense to me. That this is the way of understanding what is true about the world that logically and rationally makes sense to me, and so I'm going to go with that. That's great. But that's just kind of one of the three things that Jesus claims. I think secondly, if we stand here and say, I believe you are the way, the truth and the life, we're making more than an intellectual claim about what we think in our heads or we're being invited to. We're being invited to say, that's the path I'm going to walk. You see, um, what I loved about what, what Waleed Ali said in that clip was, if I am intellectually convinced, then I actually have to go with that. Right? I, can't, I can't just sit there and go, I'm intellectually convinced, but it doesn't matter, it doesn't change anything. He actually gets something about the kind of claims that Jesus is making. They're not claims just on our minds, but they're actually claims on our wills, our intention, our commitment, our direction in life. To say, I believe you are the way, Jesus, I believe you are the way, the truth and the life, is to set my life in the direction towards him. And of course, if Jesus is the life, then it's not just an intellectual belief, it's not even just a decision of my will to follow him, but it's actually the experience of every fibre of my being in every moment, to live in him, to acknowledge him as the life that is lived in me. See, if Jesus is the truth, then I must assess every other claim in this world against him, every other reality. And that doesn't just mean every other religious claim. It actually means every claim of politics and economics, every claim of uh, decision-making, every claim of the way that things are. I bring intellectually into alignment with the claim of Jesus Christ. It's not just a nice, neat little box (laughs) of religion, but it impacts my whole understanding of everything I am and everything I do and everything about the world. If Jesus is the truth, I assess every other claim to reality against him. If Jesus is the way, then I seek to follow him every step. I seek to be walking... In him, I was going to say with him, and both of those are true and we use language in all kinds of ways, but I seek to be walking in him day by day. So I make my decisions about what I do with my time and my relationships and my money in alignment with him. And if Jesus is the life, then the invitation is to live every moment in him. Josh talked last week about this statistic. Um, I don't know if he actually used the words, but he hinted at this statistic that's kind of come up a few times in the last few months for us at Richmond, the one that, you know, 100% of us are going to die, that, that lovely statistic. <laughs> this, this, this idea that uh, death is our reality in this world, it's, it's coming for us, it exists, and we experience the pain and the grief and suffering of it, and Jesus steps in and offers life. Life now, life forever, life beyond death, resurrection life. If Jesus is the life, then I live every moment now and for eternity with him. So that's, as I said, some pretty big claims that Jesus makes and some pretty big statements to make. I have to confess that... um, thinking about preaching on this topic, particularly after watching a show like that and seeing some of the stuff that's been in the news the last week about school chaplaincy and you know, having people seen that whole debate and, you know, the, the cultural context that we swim in, I recognise that I'm standing up here today saying things that potentially the majority of people who I interact with on a day-by-day basis or who are, at, you know, out in the world that I exist in would think are ridiculous, arrogant, intolerant, crazy, perhaps even stupid and evil. But these are the claims that Jesus makes. And I don't know about you, but I do find myself having to come back to them again and again. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. I've committed my life to him. I've committed my whole kind of career and you know, everything I do in my life to him. And yet, and yet... That is challenged day by day by what I see and hear around me, by the stuff that goes on in my own head and my own trying to make sense of what's going on in the world, by my experiences and the realities of suffering and challenge and grief in life. And so I have to keep coming back to these claims again. And if you like, letting Jesus ask me, do you believe that I am the way, the truth and the life? Do you believe it? not just with your head, not even just with your will, but with your whole life. And so rather than just me put myself out there and stand up here and make these crazy, controversial, radical claims, I'm not actually making them, Jesus is. It's all good. It's not about me at all. (laughs) But I wanted to put those claims of Jesus before us as a community again today. Because one of the great, blessings of the church of being a part of a family in a community like this is that we get to come together and say you're not crazy (laughs) you're not the only one (laughs) you're not out there all on your own making these statements that everybody thinks are just so ridiculous we as a community exist because we believe this to be true. And we stand in a line of people through generations to generations and generations and people all around the world today who are gathering on a Sunday morning just like us to say we declare that we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Um, I was listening to a, a podcast this week, um, It's called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, some of you might have come across it, it was like a bonus episode this week, and there was this really interesting, this is going to seem like a real tangent, but I hope that I can draw it back in, <laughs> uh, they were having this really interesting conversation about churches, and gathering together on a Sunday, and what the tradition used to be in a lot of evangelical churches, particularly in America, of what they call the altar call that every week at the end of church someone would stand up and say do you want to follow Jesus do you believe in Jesus and they would invite people if, if that's what you believe to come down the front or to stand up or to put your hand up and to commit yourself to following Jesus and now, saying that's kind of gone out of fashion we don't really do that anymore altar calls are not such a big thing anymore and they were asking the question what, what have we lost by not doing that and it's kind of like it's a really you know, really interesting question because obviously if you do it all the time and too much it becomes a bit cliched and a bit like well aren't we you know that's like, haven't we done that before? Why don't we do that? But they were saying there's something about asking ourselves that question when we gather together week after week after week that reminds us, that centres us, that grounds us in the truth of who we are. Because what they were seeing and what the whole podcast is about is about uh, Christians and churches that kind of find themselves slipping away and getting, ending up in corruption and ending up in, you know, things that uh, that guy on the clip that I showed slammed the church for which are you know fair enough because if we lose that practice of centering ourselves of declaring anew of reminding ourselves or even of recommitting ourselves to the foundational bedrock truth of this is who we are it's all about Jesus he is the way, the truth, and the life. And we as a community declare that he is the one we follow. He is the one in whom we find a logical understanding, our direction, and our experience of the fullness of life. If we lose that, it is so easy to drift away. And we see it happening all the time. We see churches drifting into terrible practices, and we see individuals drifting away and that's a choice that we can make but I pray that it isn't something that just happens because we haven't come back again and done this incredible privilege thing that we get to do which is remind ourselves and remind one another of who Jesus is of the claims he makes on our lives and the decisions that we have made to follow him. I hope that makes some sense. That's kind of the things that have been going around in my mind and my heart as I've, I've wrestled with, them. Um, you know, speaking on this passage in, in a way that might resonate for me uh, and for you. And so what I do want to invite us to do is actually to choose, if you would like to, to choose, so it has to be your choice, to declare that Jesus is who he says he is, that Although other people might question it, although people might think it's an arrogant claim or a controversial claim or a claim that doesn't make sense to them, the foundation of who Jesus is is the foundation of who we are as a community and I hope of who you are as a follower of him. So what I'm going to do in a minute is I'm going to ask you to close your eyes because this is not about anybody else. Now I'm getting into the whole evangelical altar call moment, but it's not, it's about you. Asking yourself that question, are those just words that I sing, you are the way, the truth and the life? Or is that what I believe? Believe in my mind, intellectually, although I might have doubts and questions, keep coming back to that is what I believe. Believe with my will in that I've made a decision and a choice that I am going to follow Jesus, that that's the direction I take in life as a Christian. And believe with my whole life that this is what I want to practice and experience and live out day by day so if you join me in closing your eyes and if that is true for you that you can say i believe jesus you are the way the truth and the life i'm going to ask you to stand up as a way of reminding yourself and grounding yourself in that truth king jesus we gather together in this place week by week for lots of reasons. We love hanging out with each other. We love sharing coffee. We love our family. We love learning and growing, practicing life together. We love your word the way that it teaches and shapes us and gives us advice and instruction on how we might live with you and with one another. But at the core, the thing that grounds us, the reason we come together is to make the declaration, the simple declaration that the church has made since the very beginning, that you, Jesus, are Lord. That we believe you are who you say you are. That we believe you are the way, the truth and the life. I thank you that we have a community to share that declaration with to encourage one another when it feels hard, when we doubt, when we wonder how on earth it's going to work out in the practical realities of our lives day by day. And we thank you, King Jesus, that you have come and made yourself known to us that we are not grasping around in the dark, trying to figure God out. But we have encountered you, Jesus the way, the truth and the life. So I pray that today, as is every day, any day that we do this, we might again ground ourselves, draw that line in the sand. This is who we are. This is what we believe. And that you might go before us and live in and through us to help us figure out what that looks like moment by moment. And I ask this in your name. Amen.